I absolutely adore my next guests and I think you will too. They have sold their music globally. They have had millions upon millions of content views online, 290 million YouTube views to be exact. They've starred and featured on your television screens for over a decade and have also launched with gusto, I might add, into the online coaching world. I'm talking about the power couple, Mark and Tina Harris. Look, Mark and Tina are the creators of international children's group Lala, which is a big live band with five members, including them. Their act has made airwaves across the world. They've had television spots in a bunch of different countries. Uh, You know, they've been on Foxtel, ABC Kids, Nickelodeon Junior, the BBC and more. Uh, Look, in this episode, Mark and Tina have really um, talked about how they balance it all, how they can be content creators, how they can be musicians, have their global act, uh, teachers, you name it, these guys can do it. They've put quite a bit on their plate, but really are now focusing on their direction of mentoring and coaching services in business camera and presenting skills, plus so much more. We're going to talk about this pivot in this episode from, you know, being the music act into the online coaching space and explore their path to stardom, plus how they came to master their personal brands. Let's have some fun with Mark and Tina Harris. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Hello and welcome. We have the amazing, talented duo, Mark and Tina Harris. Thank you for coming on to the show, guys. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Now, I don't know if you remember, but it was quite a few years ago. I was a bit of a La La's fan with my daughter. She was only like three years old and we came to, we went to a couple of your concerts actually. And there was one particular show. um, My daughter had a blast, but at the end she started crying because she was in, there was a lineup to meet Tina and she was desperate to meet you, Tina. <laughs> and um, it was quite funny because you were so amazing and I'll never forget it. And you saw her in tears and you called her over to the front of the line and you sat on your lap and you gave her the biggest cuddle. So, you know, um, it must be second nature to you, I reckon, working with kids to have like that sort of response. Yeah. Oh, look, I just think if a little one is going to sit there and, you know, they're, they're often, they're so excited because they've expended all that energy jumping and dancing <laughs> and, and you know, and I know mum's frazzled and they get to that point where they just, it just all becomes too much and they just get all very emotional. I so, know. you know, it, it happens. So, yeah, no, I do remember that, Joe. That's You so do? Funny. Okay, cool. Yeah, do. Didn't know if you did. You know, but no, it was really beautiful. But I, was, that's how I remembered you guys. <laughs> North uh, North Leagues, wasn't it? I think I remember that as well. No doubt, that was it. it was in Victoria. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, for anyone that doesn't know you guys, um, I see Mark. I mean, you guys have obviously done a lot in in your 
span of your careers. I mean, you've got the La La's, big live band, children's music. Um, we've also got, you know, you're into the coaching and the mentoring and you've just moved into that space, which we're going to talk about later. But I want to start with, you know, the way I see you guys is Mark is the tech guy, the IT dude, obviously a musician as well. And then Tina's like the star of the relationship. <laughs> yeah, I'm the star. Tell me how you see yourselves. Like, how um, does that dynamic work? Well, I always say that I'm colour and movement. So I'm the kind of big picture strategy design person. Yeah. And Mark is the detail, um, technical. Realise the uh, realize the big plans with the nitty gritty that gets it done. Yeah. So together, I mean, we're, we're, we're a bit yin and yang in that way that we, we have a similar passion and goal and vision, but we have different areas of expertise and um, most of the time that works quite well. <laughs> I would say that Tina is is your classic entrepreneur. She has big ideas and wants to achieve great things, yeah. um, but doesn't have a great deal of patience for the for the humdrum of the little details that make I it all work. I hate spreadsheets. I hate yeah. spreadsheets, but I know they're important. And luckily, I'm quite the opposite. Yes. I mean, I, I would... If I wasn't married to Tina, I would totally be a company guy in a day job, you know, <laughs> clocking on and clocking off and just taking care of the tasks. And yeah. in this case, my day job is Tina. And she says, do this. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I, <laughs> down and I get the job done, you know. And, but, and, you know, you wouldn't have it any other way, right? No, not at all. No, although, Joe, I did just spend four days away in Lura. Uh, I, it was a, it was a mm. kind of a meditative um break so that I could do some planning for, for 2022. And I have to say, being on my own for four days, it was so luxurious. It was fantastic. I love you. I love you. I know, I know. It. And it's great because I have <laughs> sessions sitting around all day with big broadsheets of paper. Oh, I love oh, it. I can't That's think of anything more great. boring. Oh, Just fabulous. tell me what to do and I'll go and do it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I think it's really important to carve out space for thinking, especially in this day and age. It's so, so busy with all the things that we're meant to be doing, you know, meant to be doing. I put that in inverted <laughs> commas. But, yeah, I think carving out time is absolutely amazing. I've actually never done that, so I've, I, I'm going to. <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still trudging through with the young kids where I think you've got older kids now. Yeah, well, I'm, right? I'm straight, yeah. Mine are, mine are user-friendly now. They're um, 16 and 18. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> How did you guys start working together? Like, how how did you actually come together? Can you tell me that backstory? Actually, are, are we allowed to know how you guys met in the first place? Sure. Um, Do you want me to have a go? You have a go. Sure, sure. Um, I finished school and went straight at, into the Conservatory of Music to study jazz double bass playing. Mm. Uh, Tina had finished school and done a Bachelor of Creative Arts as an actor-singer at Wollongong Uni, uh, but her voice tended more towards the operatic, and so she auditioned for the Conservatorium's Opera School and got in and came in um, a, a, the year after I started. And I remember seeing this just incredibly gorgeous Eurasian girl floating around and singing like an angel <laughs> in the corridors and thought, yeah, in your dreams, pal. Um, and and that, that was kind of the end of it at the beginning. Um, and then we had these uh, harbour cruises at the conservatorium and Tina's friend who wasn't at the con came along to the harbour cruise and was trying to crack on to me on the boat. So, you know, <laughs> oh, nice. Um, but I wasn't into her at all. Um, I just, I knew that she was hanging out with Tina and that was the, that was the prize. So uh, I swindled my way into a late night coffee uh, down at Circular Key. I will add that um, at the time I was 21 and yeah. I thought I was very glamorous and very cool getting into the opera school and Mark was 19 and he was a dirty jazz boy mm -hmm. and so I was not interested in him at all. So he's he's very persistent, Mark Harris. That's sure. right, that's he's, right. That's hilarious. I mean, look, you guys obviously have an, a beautiful story where you guys met and you've been together ever since and you've collaborated and, and you're both artists and it's all it's all magic, right? We'll call you the power couple from here on. What do you think? At <laughs> first, selected moment. I'm trying to think of it. Brangelina. What are we going to call you guys? Oh God. Enoch. <laughs> Park? No, it doesn't work, does it? It's not quite the same. <laughs> um, but I'd love to know. You know, 
how what was your first collaborative music project so obviously you you've had this relationship in this music space you've then you've you've come together there's this beautiful union now you guys are working together and you created the Lalas, for example. Was that your first music collaboration, or were you guys working together before that? That before you created the Lalas, we we'd done a little bit of work together, um, but probably not what people would um, think when when they think of us and who we are now. Um, Mark was really a, he's a great singer and was very attracted to um, opera. And so he also auditioned for the opera school at the conservatorium and was accepted. And um, after he finished his Bachelor of Jazz, started the opera school. Um, and so we did a little bit of international travel singing together classically. Um, but Mark was, that was a our first musical thing very bitchy opera singer. Mm -hmm. um, he was just terrific. <laughs> Um, and so, well, that's so, not very nice. <laughs> What's the industry for it? If, if you can't be a bitch in opera, you can't be a bitch. It in was opera. very funny. And so it got to the point where I was like, I don't like you as an opera singer. You were much nicer as a bass player. Um, <laughs> and it was interesting. It was kind of like the universe conspired. And he was offered this opportunity to go back and do a postgraduate study in, in double bass and jazz. And, and that's kind of what brought him full circle back to um, playing jazz music. And Lala really was born out of a, a love of jazz and classical and gypsy world, world gypsy music. music. And so it's really all those years of study and the music that we were really kind of um, yeah, living in. And also the, the reason to come together to, to do a musical collaboration really came from after we came back from the OCs together, we had our, our, had our kids and Tina didn't really want to re-enter the main stage opera world it's pretty mm. grueling and you know bitchy um <laughs> and and a friend encouraged her to start uh, a small music school business uh under the kinder music brand you know teaching mu music and movement to preschool age children and mm. their families uh and so we that was our first business collaboration so we started a school it became four schools we had over 200 families a week coming all around sydney um, to our venues and i would administrate the school and tina would teach the classes we started having you know employee teachers coming and doing yeah. as well there was lots of merchandise management etc um and it was out of tina teaching those classes and me occasionally turning up with my bass and playing a few songs with tina that uh, a bunch of the people said you know you guys are so great performing for the kids you should do like a show like the wiggles you know you'd be so great <laughs> you know we come and see you on tour for sure we were like oh yeah you know our, our schools only operate during school terms so there are these breaks in the middle that you know we could book a theater and do a show and mm, record a cd sell some cds it sounds like <laughs> a good idea and so yeah that was in 2008 when we were still running the kinder music school it was called lala's music place by then um that we recorded and wrote and recorded an album together and uh then booked the seymour center in sydney um to mm. do some kind of uh prom concerts and I think that's what makes it really special to the Lala brand because it's not just about, you know, music videos and great tunes. It's also about that educational piece about learning how to, you know, introducing kids to instruments and music. That's exactly, exactly right. Yeah. 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 So I love that aspect. I mean, when it comes to, so you've obviously got a few different things going on. You know, you've got the the music, you've got the online coaching You've got so many things. I can't even think off the top of my head. Yep. It feels like there's a few different pods. Um, teaching as well. Mm -hmm. So where does your passion really lie? Like is there one part of, of those aspects, the teaching, the online coaching to businesses or the, the music creation? Like where is, where is that real passion or what is that? Forefront piece. Mark and I are a little bit different in where our passions lie. And for me, it's really, um, Lala's been a beautiful journey to get to where we are now. And where I find that I'm being um, I'm led and, and really enjoying the work is really helping women in business become more visible and really... Um, whether that's making um, videos to share their message or their branding or their story or, or whether it's um, helping them through business mentoring. That's where my main focus is at the moment. But I think for Mark, I mean, he's just about to start a 12-month tour with um, a brand-new musical, um, what's it called? 
Girl from the North Country. It's a Broadway show based on the music of Bob Dylan that's um, yeah, opening for Sydney Festival. Festival and then touring around the country and to New Zealand. Uh, yeah, so for me, I, I've kind of got three passions, I think. Uh, one of them uh, is de- certainly performing. Uh, you know, I trained to be a musician. I was performing in music theatre and in orchestras and bands all the way through school, uh, being on a stage with an instrument in my hand or, or a mic and singing um, is definitely the, the, the kind of uh, lifelong passion. I'm He's definitely a- an extrovert. <laughs> He's a showman. But the, the other side is that my, my passion is learning and learning anything. So uh, particularly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it comes across, uh, it manifests as a tech thing. I love software. I love gadgets. I love cameras. I love microphones. I love Being gear. a geek. You like being That's a geek. That's it. And <laughs> through, through decades of, of teaching people, you know, um, mus- to be a musician in Australia, you pretty much have to teach your instrument to get by. You know, you need that kind of day work to, yes. to yourself and I was a reluctant teacher at the beginning it used to drive me crazy and I had no technique I didn't really know what I was doing but over the years I've developed um, a real love for teaching a real love for nurturing people um, in their but but really meaningfully like it's not at the beginning it was just for cash like I would teach just to get some money yeah now it's quite the opposite you know I I, uh, I teach at a school the school that my kids went to really because I wanted to teach my daughter to play the bass and I said look if I'm there let me offer my services, you know. So, yeah, teaching, oh. learning, performance. Yeah, so that real performance and education piece. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I mean, you both have really embraced the virtual space and not just in, you know, your coaching but also in your music and its presentation. Um, I've got here that you have over 300,000 YouTube subscribers and you've had millions upon millions of views. I think you mentioned it was like 290 million views so yeah. far. I mean, that's insane. Um, and I think, you know, in, a, in an era where people want to be Insta-famous or YouTube stars, this is a very, this is not an accident what you guys have created. Like, what's your take on that about, you know, viral videos and and having some um you know consuming content that is intentional for high consumption like what's your take on that look i i think that there is an absolute place for viral videos and i think there is an absolute place for videos that that really go out there and broadcast what your brand and your reach is i, I absolutely believe that but i think that it's very important for Um, anyone who's creating that kind of content to have a business strategy, to have a funnel, to have a method so that those millions of people that you're reaching can actually find you, work with you. You can actually take them from, from being out there in the ether onto an email list onto mm. buy a product, onto streaming music download, onto some other way that they're having some kind of touch point where you're really connecting with them. But most importantly, you're setting yourself up so that you've got a business and an income from it. I think there are too many um, broke influencers out there who have got millions and millions of followers and views but don't actually can't sell a T-shirt. So I think it's really important to have a, a really um, succinct and solid business strategy set up so that um, and on the flip side of it, to have a successful business online these days, you don't need to have a million Instagram followers. You can have a thousand Instagram followers and still you can have a thousand people on your mailing list and still have a six figure business. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's possible. You just need to be reaching the right kind of people. Mm. I find that really interesting too, because um, I, like I said, you know, people wanting to get this instant success and they think, oh, well, that person did it, so I can do it too. But really, it's about the strategy behind it. And like you said, that funneling, I love that because it's true. You, I guess when you see those influencers online with millions of followers, you would assume that they're generating some sort of income from that. But what you're saying is possibly not. That's right, yeah. I think the other thing is that... Um in this kind of virtual space, it's very easy to imagine that content creation is quite simple. You know, it it looks Mm. like someone just grabs out a phone and they look fantastic on the camera and they post a video and lots of people watch it. But I know you know because, you know, we've worked together now for a while, Joe. But but, um, the actual shooting is the smallest part. Conceptualising and planning, the pre-production, getting your gear and your location and the weather and everything right, 
is, is takes like five times longer than the shoot. Then you shoot it and then you've got to post produce it and get it ready to post somewhere. And that takes 10 times as long as it takes to shoot. So, you know, while- I'm trying not to crack up. I'll, I'll tell you why in a sec. Keep going, I love it, keep going. <laughs> Essentially that, that um, uh, this idea of kind of creating viral videos being something that you can just kind of stumble into without, um, you know, persistence, skill, lots of hard work, time and resources. Mm. It's just a myth. It's just, I mean, maybe there are some people who just fluke into something that's a really gimmick-based thing, but the people who are in it for the long term, it's 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 a grind. There's a lot of work to do to make uh, it work. And, yeah. But it's I a mean, fun grind. I love it. You know? Yeah, but in in and this is why Marka and I are so yin and yang with this stuff. Is is that while there is a lot of planning and and um, consistency and and work to set up a business structure like this you can actually do a number of things to give your content the best chance of success. And that really comes down to um, things like choosing trending topics, mm -hmm. choosing things that are actually trending on. So, for example, at the moment, the way things are working on social media is you find a trend on TikTok, you create that video on TikTok, then you take it across to Instagram because Instagram is two to three weeks behind TikTok. And, you know, there are just simple strategies like that that you can really give your social media a boost if you're following the trends and doing the right things with the right kind of content. Yeah. I mean, and I'll just tell you quickly why I was having a cackle to myself then. It's because I did your Courage on Camera course not too long ago and I went to film my first video and I've filmed stuff for years. I mean, I've, I've worked as an actor and a, and a TV presenter and all the things. And, you know, I've always just filmed super basic off my phone and never really did any sort of lighting or thought about dirty frames, as you put it, and all the things. And, yeah, I mean, honestly, it took me hours to do this stupid little five-minute video because I was trying to set up my teleprompter and it wasn't working and, it's like it was such a process and I thought, oh, my God, like what have I signed up to here? But then it's all about getting used to it, right? Like now I know how to use the teleprompter. I love the teleprompter, by the way. It's like my favourite <laughs> best friend. Um, yeah, and all that stuff. But, yeah, absolutely, like there's so much that goes into it. And like you said, the filming is just the fraction of the work. Then there's the editing and that post-production stuff. That's right. And of course, you can put as much effort as you want to into it. You'll, I guess you get out what you put in, right? Yeah, but how, how important is the quality, do you think? How important is the quality of filming when it comes to getting high consumption on your content online? I think it depends on the platform. Absolutely, 100%. And as far as quality goes, the most important thing is audio. The audio quality is above the picture quality. We'll forgive bad picture, but we won't forgive bad audio. Yeah, so definitely. number one is make sure that your audio is great. Um, uh, the next le the next kind of key thing to do with quality would be lighting. Mm. Um, nothing makes video look more amateur than not um, considering the lighting and what you can do with shadows and colour of light and intensity of light and shininess on your face and mm. those kind of things. Mm. And it's actually, I mean, it, it is a daunting thing to get into when you start talking about key lights and field lights and hair lights and um, intensity direction and um, quality and, all, you know, all the kind of categories. But it, it is, it's not rocket science. There are some simple things to follow and if you do them, you will your, your skin and your face will look great and, and you'll be lit properly. And, and just buying a good size, like a pizza box size ring light can... It's a great place to start. Yeah, it can make the world of difference. And, and yeah. That's a really I think that's where I started. I just got myself a ring light and a little um, microphone, like my lapel that I'm wearing now. And that was like basic 101 get started and then you keep creeping up after that you're like oh I'm gonna get this and oh I might buy that but you gotta start somewhere right yeah um, but Even yeah more than the, the quality of the production people people like me get really hung up on the quality of production because we like gear and 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 we really notice the fine detail in things but mm -hmm. a lot of people don't um yeah. It's really important that the content itself, the writing and the performance, the presentation is is on point because that's actually what, Matt, that's what you remember. You don't remember that the picture was grainy or the light was a bit dim or the audio was a bit cracking. I mean, you might remember that because the audio, if it's really bad audio, you do. But <laughs> in general, there are a lot of production things you forgive if the performer is engaging and the message yeah. is important. So, I mean, that's the, the, the you, you, 
your pre-production when you're developing what you're going to make, even if that's just a quick thought while you're driving, I'm going to do this reel today. If you clearly think about and you and you ask yourself, is this actually engaging? Is anyone actually going to want to consume this content? Because if you just get on and waffle and rave, then that's that's the first bad bit about your video. <laughs> and, yeah. that's, and that's the ultimate bad bit. About yeah, it. and isn't it like the first three seconds or something is when you grab them and what, or, or if you don't? Yeah. Yep. Very important. The first yeah. Um, I also noticed recently that you launched an online platform for your Lala brand. Mm -hmm. And it looks like, seriously, it looks like Netflix for Lala. <laughs> it's pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah. I'm assuming you were the mastermind behind that, Mark. Um, tell me about, tell everyone about that. So like, let's explain what I'm talking about here because I'm not wording it very well and why you decided to create this virtual space for your brand. You would say that Tina is the mastermind, so I'll let <laughs> her go. With oh, really? So you, but you made it happen. Mark, yeah, Mark built it. Okay. <laughs> so basically it is exactly that. We wanted to create a La La Netflix um, and we've got, you know, 13 years of content. We've been making videos and TV shows for the last 13 years and we wanted to have a platform where we could have everything all together. And we also wanted to create a whole lot of educational resources. And this is this is smack bang in the middle of COVID. So parents are at home, everybody's homeschooling. And I'd had this, these ideas for years of creating a, a book. And so I'd been making all these different worksheets and poems, recipes, poems and activities ideas, and all sorts of things. Music. And I thought, well, why don't we put them all together and make all of these downloads and things that parents can use at home but teachers can use in the classroom and and make it this one-stop place for, for Lala. And so we created the Stripey Sock Club online. Yeah. While, you know, we're broadcast on the ABC daily, they'll only be broadcasting one series at a time and we've got a lot of content and a lot of stuff that's not television but still is fantastic um, viewing. Um, and... DVDs are gone, you know, it's so yeah. we, can't, we can't send somebody to our online shop or to Kmart or whatever and find all of our content and be a collector anymore. These days, the the, the distribution method is online. And so um, luckily, there are some platforms out there that can help you host your video, um, not outrageously expensive. It's not, I wouldn't say it's super cheap, but it's pretty easy. Um, and so we were just, it's it's really been a great place for us to real, remember all the stuff that we've <laughs> made and put it all together in one place. Wow. Look how much stuff we've got. This but it's also, I think what's nice is we created a closed Facebook group that goes along with the platform. And so the people who join um, the the membership site, they're also in the closed Facebook group. And so we can actually go in and we do this, you know, um, quite regularly we go in and we'll do performances inside the closed Facebook group and we film them and we professionally film them um, on a green screen and we composite in the um, Stripey Sock Club world behind us and we make extra bits of content and they're actually writing in live, we're talking to them during the show and it makes it a, a real 360 kind yeah, of experience and the kids for children. Can, can print out the printouts and colour things in and they take photos and, and um, upload those to the Facebook group so we can comment. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really fun. It's really fun. I, think, I think that's an amazing idea, you know, having that membership model as well because... Like you said, you know, there's no more DVDs. You don't sell hard copy CDs. People can grab your stuff off YouTube and you what you make a couple of cents off whatever you do on YouTube. So where does your revenue come from? So that's a really savvy idea. But obviously you guys have built up this fan base for over a decade. I mean, you've been on television, you, you know, you've done all of these things. So what about someone who maybe doesn't have that background do you think that having a membership model or a membership site for somebody who has a brand or a group or an act or whatever um if that if that model would work for someone who doesn't have your extensive history and fan base I, I think that it really comes down to the amount of content you have when you're talking about a membership site. Yep. So if you're starting from scratch and you don't have a back catalogue of content, then I'd maybe look at a platform like um, Patreon where you can have your fan base grow with you and help support your production of content as you go. 
Or another strategy that I like to um, help my students with is creating smaller online courses or products and building out a number of those. So you're actually selling your small courses and you're getting income in from those straight away. And then when you get to, I don't know, four or five courses or you've start to got a, got a, catalog. a catalog of stuff, then you can pop it under a membership umbrella. I think the, the really hard thing is starting a membership uh, site from ground zero. That's something yeah. we really don't advise people to do because then you end up feeding, you have to keep feeding the membership base. Yeah, so, I would say the, the other side of that is that um, having a membership site requires consistent mm. um, content creation. Mm. And presumably, if you don't have a backlog of content, you're not experienced in content creation and each piece of content is going to take you a really long time to get to the stage. Yeah, for the five people paying 20 bucks a month, yeah. <laughs> It could become quite, quite an expensive waste of time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing with membership sites is sometimes people start a membership site and they're not actually really clear about who their, um, who their key demographic is, who their key avatar is. And they think that if they make an umbrella kind of generalist membership site that they'll just be able to sell it to, um, every man and his dog and it doesn't work that way you're much better off to niche your membership site down and to have a really clear target market um a great example of of, of some friends of ours who have done this really well um Pevin and sarah they started with a youtube channel and they fed the youtube channel with a lot of content but it didn't do what they wanted it to do and they wanted to monetize the content so they created Rather than having content that was for generally mums and dads, they took the content and they specialised it and they made it very niche and it was for school teachers. Mm. And, Literacy, um, numeracy. Exactly. And that site is doing very well because now they have a very like clean, clear objective. They know who they're speaking to, who they're targeting, and it's doing really well. And they're not needing to chase the millions and millions of views you need on YouTube to generate ad rev. They have a, a fair but well-priced mm. uh, monthly membership. And so they've, I have to say they have a pretty strong um, subscriber base now uh, that has really turned it into a, a solid business. Now, it's nowhere near the numbers that a Stan or a Netflix or whatever would have, that, but they're the general platforms and they have the millions of dollars of backings that, that they can license all of the world's content. And so if you're going to try and do a general site, that's what you're up against and you can't you, you can't um, beat against that so you if you're going to get into that sort of video offering space you have to be niche i mean really yeah i mean i'm not sure if it was a covid thing or if it was a lockdown thing but you guys got very busy over the last couple of years yep. I, I mean from what i could see um i think it was over a year ago actually when i noticed tina actually um you were promoting yourself as a coach online so you know was that something and as an industry mentor. And this was different to the Tina that I knew of, the artist Tina. Um, so tell me how that pivot came about. Was it a COVID-inspired lockdown thing or what made you shift gears from being the artist into the business coach, I suppose? I think I've, I've been mentoring and helping people for, for years. And I think when, um, when the TV shows started to get... Um, the, the start, they started to have a lot of traction and a lot of following. What happened was a, a lot of women in business, mums in business would reach out to me and say, hey, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing with your touring and, and your merchandise and all of that work. I'm working in this space. I'm wondering, would you have a look at my business? Would you be able to give me some advice? And so I was doing the endless coffee catch up. Um, where someone would say, hi, do you mind if we catch up for a coffee? I'd love to kind of pick your brain or I'd get a phone call and I'd be on the phone for, you know, an hour or two hours a month. So who are you talking to? I'm like, I'm just helping out this lady. I met her. She's so sweet. I just want to. And so. Um, Were these unpaid sessions or paid sessions? They're all unpaid. And it got to the point where it was starting to take up quite a bit of the week. Yeah. And at that time, I was—I always have been really great friends and, and been really connected in the Ozmopreneur network. And mm. I was talking to Peace and Katie and they're like, Tina, for goodness sake, will you just start charging for your for your time? And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to charge people. Well, you know? the funny thing is that you've always been the first to reach out 
for paid mentoring and business coaching for yourself. <laughs> like no. Tina is a coaching junkie. She does. So, she has I so many online going, courses. I love going to coaching sessions and, and meeting seminars. people. And, yeah, going to conferences. Anyway, so I kind of fell into it. Um, and then people started asking me if I had a program or if I had some courses. And that's kind of, it, it came out of the demand. The demand was there, so I decided to put something together. And then when COVID um, happened and all of our touring and shows were cancelled, I said to Mark, look, I know I have this community of women in business who are really keen and they need help and, you know, especially combining our knowledge of what we've been doing in TV and video over the last, you know, 12, 13 years, I think this is a really great opportunity for us to put together a program and to to take it out there in the big wide world. So I, I really feel we've been kind of led by the universe in this one. It's something that we wanted to do something. We, we, we joke. We say we wanted to have a grown-up plan, something that was kind of we were going to do as we got older and, and um, we wanted to start working with adults as well as little children. Yeah. And so COVID's kind of been the catalyst to say this is actually the way your business is going to go in the future. And I have to say, I'm loving it. I really, I mean, miss the kids, but I love working with with adults and really helping in this online space. Mm. I mean, I actually really resonate with that. I think, you know, I call it my virtual awakening, COVID. <laughs> and, you know, um, I work with kids, as you know, I've got my musical makers club and um, I have a youth agency. I've always worked with young people. And then I was craving you know, all of this experience, I was craving working with adults. And that's exactly what I did during COVID. As you know, I, I joined your Courage on Camera course. I started developing my own program for people within my industry. So I do get how sometimes you just, you need to hang up your stripy socks every now and then, you know, <laughs> and just talk adult stuff. So, I you know. I wear them when I um, take the dog for a walk. And um... <laughs> <laughs> do you really? Yeah, we just have so, we have I love so that. many pairs of stripy socks. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, so obviously, you guys have been super busy creating all of these amazing programs. Um, I can see something on that online. It's called Business on Demand Accelerate. So you've got this Courage on Camera course. You've got Business on Demand. Like, what's the difference? What exactly are these programs about? Me or you? Oh, well, Courage on Camera is very much geared towards um, people who are interested in incorporating um, video content into their business model, whether it's through a YouTube channel, just product stuff on their website, social media, whatever, whatever it is. Online courses and memberships. Etc. So the Courage on Camera is... Uh, is, is about the, the strategic and business case for why you would do that and what the opportunities are in that space. And then with me, it's more about the technical aspects of, well, how to actually then go and do it. Um, so it's very much focused on the video industry. Business on Demand Accelerate is um, Tina's baby, which is really more born out of these conversations that she had pre-COVID where people were asking her generally, you know, how did you get your merchandising together? How did you get your touring together? How do you... It's mentoring, really, yeah. um, for people in business who, and, and especially if they're in the online space, if, yeah. they're, if they're making online courses or they're making memberships or if they're looking at, at um, doing expanding their YouTube um, channel. So that's that's really what the Accelerate program is. And then we've also just launched Courage on Camera Succeed, which is our graduate program. So people who come through the Courage on Camera um, mastermind and they're not ready to stop working with us and they want to mm. keep going, so they go into the Succeed program. So at the moment, that's um, it's look, it's lovely. It's it's a great way for us to stay connected with people who are you know just in this community that we've created, and mm. it's it is an incredible community. They're just such generous, warm, loving people, and I. I love the fact that even inside the community, I'm seeing so many collaborations and people working yeah. together, and and that's really exciting. Uh, yeah, if I can speak um, for what what I think is Tina's greatest skill in all of the things that she's ever done is as a connector and and um, lateral thinker, a kind <laughs> of coach of lateral thinking. So people come to Tina with, you know, I've got this business, you know, I sell 
tea towels or whatever it is and I just don't know how to turn it into something more. And Tina's like, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? You know, it might be a good idea if you do this. And, you know, if you want to do that, I know this person who can do this and I can help you with that. Or you could go to this website and find that. And for me, Tina is just like this magician of of connectivity and thinking mm. of the box. I, and, I get that, yes, because I, when I messaged you, Tina, over a year ago now, I think, I don't even remember, I was looking for coaching and I said, because I'm a coach junkie too, I love I love, I love being um, taught by others and learning from their experiences, you know, um, and you just grow every time. But, yeah, I, I reached out to you and I came with a to- one idea which went to a t- By the time I finished the course, I'd, com- I'd created something completely different to why I reached out to you in the first place. But it was a good decision. And I remember you telling me, are you doing this because you want to do that thing or is it because... You think you should do that thing. And that's when I went, I think it's because I think I should, but it's not really what I want to do. And so that was a really interesting turning point, even just having someone to talk to, to say, you know, like, do what you want to do. Don't do what you think you have to do just because that's what you've always done. So that was an interesting conversation in itself. Yeah, when you do what you want to do, when you do when you do what you really love, that's when your business opens up and starts to flow. It's it's often when when we feel like we should be doing something, we get really locked in and blocked. And and I just I I have one lady that we've been working with and and we had a call with her earlier this week and through the Courage on Camera program, she she felt like she was making videos for for this for this particular program, but then an opportunity came up and we connected her with with a very out-of-the-box contact with, with our dentist, would you believe it? <laughs> actually a, a bit it. of a genius. She's, she's amazing. Mm. And the two ideas sparked and all of a sudden... She's um, launched a brand new she business. She has launched a brand new business and it is exploding. And I, I just, I'm so happy for it. It's mm. going so well. Yeah, it video and it includes put life performance. It's all and the things that she dentistry. talks about, but in a completely different way. It's really- with dentists. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I think there's also, especially with creatives, sometimes, and I've and I've learned this over the last twelve months only. You know, it's taken me a while, but sometimes it's okay to create for the sake of creating. Not everything has to be a business. Yeah, and that's something I've had to let go of too. That oh, I've created this thing and now I've got to sell it. It's like, well, no, I just enjoyed creating it, and (laughs) that's not my business. Yeah, that's That's my that's my joy, you know. So even just making um, differentiating between that. I think is a big thing as well, especially for creatives, because we can get bogged down in that sometimes. Yeah, you need to keep your flame alive, don't That's you? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, how do you guys find the time to make this all work? So, how does this work? Do you guys get on well, or is this like, are you guys crazy together, or what? <laughs> we have coffee at the beginning of the day, lots of coffee, <laughs> and then um, usually I have lots of dark chocolate, kind of midday, and then we have we lots of a, red wine. We at go night. on a big walk, run in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> clear our heads, get out in the world, and look up at the sky. Walk our silly big dog. Um, and you get downtime. Like, is there? How, how do you plan your day if there's so much, so many people? Well, I mean, I think it's it's what most entrepreneurs um, battle with is is the juggle of you know work life and play, and it's and it's how it's what you're kind of focused on in in what quadrant. And for us, we're very project based. So if we have a project that's that's coming out, we'll try and block off time around it mm. so that we know that we can just focus on that one project. Um, I'm the queen of of strategy so I like lots of balls in the air and I'll, I'll juggle them all and I'll follow them and so I'm usually the one who's across what's going on and, and I'll be saying to Mark hey we need to do this hey we need to do this hey we need to do this so um, I'm often locked in a room to finish something yeah <laughs> just finish that now don't do anything else just finish that what, what sort of advice would you give to people who have an idea to launch or have a dream of, you know, reaching a particular group of people and, and making an impact? Just go for it. Just do it. I mean, I think if it's an idea that, that fills you with excitement and you feel that upward shift, follow your gut because your gut and your instinct is absolutely taking you in the right direction. Find someone who is 
in a parallel or, you know, a, someone who you can talk to who is not a family member because the worst thing you can do is take an idea that is um, something that you're passionate about and is really inspirational and you take it to a family member and they go, no, nah, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, right. So find someone who is in a space that you can, like a business mentor, like someone who you can talk to who's going to, is a great sounding board mm. and find mm. a way to make that thing happen. Yeah, I actually recently did a podcast, a solo podcast called Stop Listening to the Naysayers and Inexperienced. I mm -hmm. totally get it. Every time you're so excited and then you go and tell someone in the family and like, really, that sounds a bit crazy or you're like, oh, why do I talk to you? <laughs> you obviously have no experience in this area. I don't even know why I'm taking your advice. Yeah. Yeah. My other thing is launching a beta program. And I know that, that you've done this as well, Joe, and, and know the power of it. When you've got a really great idea and you want to take it out for a test run, create something that you can do on a smaller scale and take it out to the marketplace and see if it's what people want and how you feel about sharing that um, that product or that program. Mm. Mark and I are quite different people. So often I'll come up with an idea and I'm really passionate about it, but Mark takes a little bit longer to come around to the idea. Mm. So I'll say to him, okay, I've created this beta program or this beta workshop or masterclass. We're going to go and run the idea and see what people think. And when it goes really well, I know that Mark will be 200% on board. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So <laughs> And, yeah. then like crazy and then he runs like crazy with it, but I do need yeah. to prove it to him first. So. Yeah. And it's interesting because I was very, um, when I was doing your program, I was extremely resistant at first to the beta um, beta course concept. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to run it. I'm, just, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and then I remember the next session the following week, I said, I've decided I'm going to run a beta course. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm actually in the throes of doing now, um, Talent Manager Bootcamp. And I've got like three beautiful members and that's all. I only invited four and three of them said yes. And um, it's been the best thing. So, yes, anyone listening um, in on this one, beta course, absolutely. If anything, it's not just an opportunity to test drive it, but it makes you get it done. Yes, so like now I'm like, oh, these people are relying on me. I've got to get this content up for them by next week or I've got to do those PDF downloads. I've got to write the scripts because if they weren't there, you could end up living on procrastination station for a few months before you even yeah. get to it, you know? The most valuable thing that you can actually have to sell your program or your course or your offer, which is testimonials from people who have been through your beta program and love you and love what you do. And that that is gold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, so, you know, I asked this to every guest and I'll start with you, Mark. Mm -hmm. Who or what inspires you? We stuck. I, it's so funny. I, I, I think about these kind of questions sometimes at night and, and I, I, have these <laughs> really, I do, I do, because you hear these being in interviews all the time and I go, oh, you know, who, who I would answer, I would answer this person or that person or that. And then now you're asking it to me and I can't think, who it is. Well, I mean, Tina obviously inspires me and, and drives me and keeps me going. She's um, an, an incredible partner in life and in business. Um, and there's never a boring day in this household, um, no matter what we're doing. I mean, we have so many balls in the air that you, you just don't have a chance to get bored. Um, obviously, great musicians are, are uh, wonderful, um, inspiring characters to me. Um, like? Like? <laughs> have one mark come on one give me one it's brad melder yeah, he's, a, he's, he's a, brad jazz, melder. a jazz piano player who who uh, who i had the opportunity to meet in japan in yeah. tokyo um, a number of years ago Amazing. um yeah I'm, I'm just a super fan you know so um I, I i love his journey and his skills and his kind of heart and commitment to it all so yeah i, I think great performers are mostly the ones that yeah are, yeah absolutely what about you tina who or what inspires you I'm a podcast junkie. So every morning when we take the dog for a run, I will listen to a, a podcast. At the moment, I'm um, I'm listening to um, James, James. Web Webmore. I just love all of his stuff. Okay. He's, he's such he's such great lessons, and I love the way I was listening to a podcast today that was talking about the way that we use our voice and um, how it really. Um, 
the way that we present and the way that we use the inflection and when we wait and when we have spaces when we're presenting and talking, um, how that really helps to communicate your message with your audience member. And I thought, wow, that's such a passionate thing. I love it. Anyway, so that's great. Um, and I, I'm very inspired by my beautiful friend, Shannon, who runs Bounce Patrol. Um, she's a really dear friend of ours. She had the number one YouTube channel coming out of Australia and there is nothing that woman doesn't know about YouTube or, you know, online music. And so I find her really inspirational. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I'm just, I'm a bit like Mark. I just love learning. So I'm always yeah. listening and learning. Yeah, and I um, did, you hosted a webinar um, a while back with Shannon from Bounce Patrol and, yeah, the knowledge that woman has when it comes to YouTube and just the online creation space yeah. is unbelievable. Like this is her full-time gig, you yeah, know, totally and right. she's super committed. So, so yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, so what's next for you guys? What's next for Mark and Tina? Well, I've just done 2022, so I'm completely sorted. I know exactly what's happening from now right until the end of next so you've year. So done, you've done a 12-month plan, have you? Yeah, yeah, it's all sorted. It was so liberating and I feel so much more clarity having that plan in place now. My 12-month plan was easy. I got a job on a tour. Yeah. <laughs> really. I actually fit your life into the plan. That's so true. <laughs> so we've got um, Courage on Camera, um, the Mastermind launches in February um, next year and it'll be running two times next year um, there's some more mentoring programs so there'll be more of our business accelerate comes out next year yeah um the I succeed program i turn 50 next on. year so one of my bucket list things is to write a book so that's on the agenda for next year. um so yeah it's just going to be a really oh and we'll be spending a bit of time in new zealand because mark's doing quite a bit of touring in new zealand so yeah. um i'm hoping that we'll actually get on get on lots of planes, do some more travelling and um, have a bit of fun in 2022. I want to get into Italy because she's never been and she's an opera singer and that's just not do right. Go to Italy? It would be nice. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe I think not. any travel would be nice at this point. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Guys, oh, by the way, have you, you've got a chapter in the Women Changing the World with the Osmanpreneur Network, don't you, as well? No, I don't. I, I um, saw you on something to do with uh, that. Yeah, that's right. I'm doing, um, I'm speaking on Friday uh -huh. New Week. Um, and doing a session on creating money on demand. So Yay. that's going to be fun. Like money on demand. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. If people would like to find you, where's the best place for them to, to find you online? Probably on Instagram. And I have the weirdest handle. It's Tina La, Tina L-A-H. So it's a little bit of a mixture of Tina and Lala. Um, or the website, my website's probably the best way to um, reach out, which is tinaharris.com.au. Beautiful. Thank you so much, you guys. I, I Honestly, I think you guys are amazing and I've really enjoyed having you on the show. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you Thanks, so Joe. much, Joe. Take care. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.